can't let you do this. Of course you can. You can pay me back never. <laughs> Besides, it's on Carlo. Oh. Mm -hmm. Wow. When did you two have? About two months. His family has this gigantic ranch in Argentina. Very, very wealthy. He has a tiny little penis, but he knows exactly how to use it. Oh. Wave, darling. Wave. Ciao. Hi. Hi, welcome back. Episode five. The Mirandas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Gilly. And this is and, the Mirandas. And we don't have a tagline yet, but we <laughs> We don't, but that's okay. Who needs a tagline? Um, so just FYI, my um, I just moved, and so I'm in a pretty empty apartment right now, so there's going to be just a little bit more ruckus and reverberation in cars going by, because I don't really have much, like, furniture carpets so just an fyi thank you for that <laughs> thank you for that dis disclosure i'm, I'm sure the listeners are grateful <laughs> um okay so episode five i think i want to start this episode off with an apology um <laughs> just with a, like a, a pretty okay. you know I, I think in episode four, I mentioned multiple times and with just absurd confidence that this episode was about Carrie and Big's first date. And it's not. Big's not mentioned. There is no mention of Big. There is no first date. And I don't know why. I, I just completely forgot about this episode. I thought they went from the 20-something, you know, one we did last week about the 20-something guys being drugs. And then I went right to Big. And there wasn't. There was this random episode in between. Well, I feel like it's kind of, like, <clears throat> pretty, like, protocol when it comes to TV shows that as soon as, like, someone exciting is interested, like, for example, Jess on Gilmore Girls, like, the next episode they need to, like, give us a little bit of a relief, some break, and then, because they keep us hanging on, you know? <laughs> Not that I give that much a fuck about Pig, but other people do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you just wait. You hang in there for a couple more episodes and we'll get you. You think waiting for one episode is bad. We'll make you wait for six seasons and two movies until they, like, did they even get together in the second movie? Or, like, what happened? Were they married in the second movie? So in the second movie, she hooks up with, in the most politically incorrect movie possibly ever made there in the Middle East. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, like, I don't think you can even address Aren't them. Aren't they in Morocco? And there's just, like. No, I think they're in Dubai. They're in Dubai. They're in a scene. Regardless, they're in the Middle East, and there are many women in burqas. And Samantha Jones is at the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is completely naked in the market square. And Carrie in the movie are, is having problems with Big. Like oh. he's too stable. He's too available. Oh my god. You know? Okay. And then you know she hooks up with Aiden there. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Remember they go out and they have a. I know, haven't seen the second movie. <laughs> I don't. I think we need to watch that. <laughs> First off, I, I mean, would you watch if there was a third movie that came out? Would you watch it? Um. I would. Yeah. I probably would just skip the second one and go for the third. You know what? Good thought. Okay. Okay. So this, can I just this, tell you yeah. my gut reaction of this episode? Yeah, talk to me. Episode this, five. Episode five, gut reaction, just trash. <laughs> just like a really, it was just bad. It was, it was bad, but yeah, it was bad. Um, the power of female sex, that's what this episode is called. And mm -hmm. to 
you know, I, I think this podcast is great to listen to if you just like recently watched the episode and then we kind of recap it and digest it. Um, because again, in season one, the writing isn't really great. The motif that's loosely threaded throughout is just barely hanging on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this episode explores the power of female sex from a, from a variety of viewpoints um, through. But like barely. That's the thing. But barely. Like, I know. It's not well connected. The title is so like heavy handed and like it, it just kind of grazes over this topic yeah. which i think like would be i'm excited to talk about this idea of like the power of sex in like today's terms because um i think that just you know gender roles and expectations are you know have obviously shifted and um which means the power dynamic has also uh gotten more complicated or mm-hmm. I, I don't even really know um yeah so yeah so Sarah, why don't you take it away with the recap? Okay. So in this episode, Carrie um, is goes out on a date with a very chic French Parisian architect. And the next morning, he leaves $1,000 on the nightstand table from in, in his hotel. Um, Miranda is with Skipper for a little bit. And somehow Skipper is very infatuated by her. That plot line really dwindles quickly. Um, and Charlotte visits a painter who she's interested in having his art in his gallery. And she ends up posing for him. And he paints her, as he uses the word, cunt. They used it so drastically, I felt like I had to use it there. Was it clitoris or just like va- that vagina area? Well, <laughs> what, it, what is it, that called? I think <laughs> the pubis. No, it was basically the, as if someone was with, with their legs spread. It was George O'Keefe. It was pretty much just George yeah. O'Keefe's artwork yeah. where it's like the, yeah. the, the floral opening of a woman. Well, the thing that was poetic. <laughs> the floral opening. Um, the thing that's funny is so Sarah and I are big office fans. So yes. that being said, I couldn't help but think about Dwight Schrute going to HR, Toby, and what does he say? He's like, what? Where is the clitoris? And he's like, and he's like, technically that was a human resource question. I'm just so like appalled that the public school system failed. What? Where, Where is, is the clitoris? The clitoris? <laughs> so good. Oh God. I, I, yeah. Um, I but think this it's important. episode. Yeah. No, you go. I think it's important to also note that the, <laughs> the okay, so this might be, this might call for a Carrie tracker, but um, Carrie's at Dolce Gabbana, I think in Soho, and she's trying on a pair of shoes, and um, as she's going to buy them, the credit card company says something to the salesperson on the phone, Yes, which we probably know now is like, you're maxed out. And he snips up her card, which, I, I, do they still do that? They don't do that. <laughs> did they they ever, do not do that. ever do that? You imagine someone taking your credit card and snipping it up in front of you? <laughs> and then her f- Italian friend, what's her Italian friend? Amelita. Amelita appears out of nowhere and she's like, I'll take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to do that. And now they want to talk to you. Scusa. That won't be necessary. Oh my God. <laughs> and so her friend pays for these insanely hideous shoes. $450 stripper playboy fluffy <laughs> sh- 
kitten heels are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> They're bad. And um, this character is, again, another kind of season one rando who's just here for the episode and never appears again, as far yep. as I knew. And she's this Italian socialite person who is vaguely but not explicitly a prostitute (laughs) implicitly a prostitute or or actually she's like kind of a sugar baby right yes would that be more yes yes she's like an international sugar baby who dates wealthy men she's kind of their companion and she gets fancy jewelry and and she goes out on the towns and gets into the hardest restaurants which we see in the beginning Carrie and Samantha are trying to get into this restaurant called Ballsack. Ballsack. I thought it was Ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was just so powerful that it was like, you know, the power of female sex trying to get into Ballsack and they Ballsack. couldn't. Ballsack. Ballsack. And um, basically uh, they can't get in and, and her socialite friend can. And um, so, yeah, just like what we were saying before, the motif <laughs> that's just thrown around in this episode um is power exchanges from women to men with women between women um i think money, I, I, money there was a, it's a lot about power sex female related sexuality. to sex and gender i i want to say something about this amelita character two things mm-hmm. i think she was the best dressed in this episode oh my god she's a great body too my God, the tan, the <laughs> hair, the makeup, the beauty, the outfits. Super fun outfits, yeah. Really, really, really absolutely beautiful. Second, she's the most annoying fucking character, actress or whoever. I could not listen to her say, Caddy, 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 one more time. Caddy, Caddy, sit down with us. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that was my vague Italian. And darling, what took you so long? Um, she was absurdly annoying. Um, very unrealistic that someone would just a, a random person would just pop up behind you and pay for four hundred fifty dollars, or or maybe they would, and maybe I just don't have the uh, yeah. right friends. <laughs> <laughs> the right, excuse me. <laughs> maybe I don't have enough friends who are sugar babies. <laughs> maybe I should become a sugar baby. But also, like, yeah. well, I okay. So I was thinking one. She's a good sugar baby because she seems like she's life of the party. Yeah. And that she's, like, conversational um, and always yeah. smoking a super long cigarette, which looks really cool. Um, oh, that did look cool. It reminded me of, like, 101 Dalmatians or something. You, you don't yeah, see totally. that anymore. Very Cruella. I, w- Very I nice. would like to know that I would make the worst sugar baby. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just want to, like, sit on my butt. <laughs> And just watch TV stream, <laughs> play Nintendo Switch, just give nothing in return. Maybe you could have like a, a, a what is it, a fans only? Oh, only just, fans? Oh. Only fans of you just watching The Office. Honestly, maybe I should. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound half bad. Really like if, the, if this podcast doesn't work out, you could find me on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> watching The Office. <laughs> laughing hysterically um yeah i don't know if i would be a good sugar baby um i do, do remember th- i know what you're gonna say <laughs> may i proceed <laughs> i know what you're gonna say and i was so embarrassed to bring this up yes you may is it about that website from <laughs> okay so when in we were college. like our senior or junior in college sarah found this website which i think 
is brilliant. And I don't know yeah. if it still exists. I'm sure it exists on in like as an app now. Yeah. But it was like you you describe it. I know. It's- okay. So basically <laughs> now I need to preface this by saying, you know, I was a women's studies major in college. <laughs> Like I am a I am a feminist. I have a Bernie sweatshirt on. I have morals and standards. I was raised by a strong woman. But like I made some questionable decisions in college, um, applying to be a bartender. It didn't work out. Um they asked No, me it was I, a promo girl, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was a, <laughs> no, I applied to be a Jack Daniels promo girl. Did they ask you what size like bra you were? They did. They uh, they asked my my cup size and I remember telling Jason about it. He's like, What? I don't think you should be doing that. He's to this day will make fun of me. Anyway, there was this website where it was pretty much like women, younger women. I'm so embarrassed to admit this. Younger women. Can I just have a disclaimer out there? It is not Ashley Madison. It is not. I did not do that. And I also did not go through with this. I never went through with any of these like wild ideas that I had. Basically, it was younger women who you would apply, like set an app, kind kind of like get set up with older men who wanted to travel. That's what it was. Air quotes travel. Air quotes travel. Well, I thought it was really travel, but maybe that makes me naive. But I, I think it ended up, it probably was this thing where you, like, get connected with men who want, like, a companion on trips, but it yeah. didn't so you get to travel. The fact that I even looked that up online and put in any information speaks volumes of where I was my senior year of college. <laughs> I had just gone through a breakup. I was really lost. <laughs> And I thought that was my ticket out of Michigan. <laughs> I had just not gotten into TFA. Things were not looking good. <laughs> oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Um, I feel yeah. like it doesn't. So- I mean, is it like? I feel like it sounds like kind of a great idea, though. But you know what, though, I, my sophomore year of college, my sophomore year of college, I looked into like egg donation too oh I was like, well, well yeah that's I, I was like if my parents aren't gonna give me <laughs> no totally <laughs> pretty much I was like I'd spent all of this fucking money my freshman year and I was like I am desperate for cash and I ended up like you know getting a job nannying but at first I was like before nannying I'll look into egg donation well I feel like everyone did at one everyone point. looked into it yeah there was okay. a time that everyone looked into donating eggs <laughs> which and that is <laughs> and the power of female sex wow. speaking of which <laughs> the thing is i remember like people who like actually like deep dived and like looked into it and i remember the things that like i was like i am not qualified like, oh, oh I no know. one would want my eggs and i remember being like so intimidated by the fact that like because they were like they want to like look at your sat scores and like all that shit. I'm like, you know, I'm not. Well, if I was like, I'm a bad test taker. <laughs> I'm a bad test taker. I was like, if you get to know me, my personality is okay. No, what a personality. They... <laughs> yeah, actually, my personality sucks too. Um, yeah. But I just really need the money. Um, yeah, I, I. It's so weird looking into that, thinking about the things I used to do back then. Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. I, 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 you know what? I take back my judgment of Amelita. Do what you need to do to travel yeah. and get fancy jewelry. Um, okay, so this leads us back okay. to the episode in which Carrie's kind of set up on this date with this spy Amelita, this Parisian architect. He's very handsome. And they go on this kind of like first date thing and she's where or maybe no it's it's after they meet up at that nice restaurant with Amelita Ballsack they go to Ballsack and um 
Carrie and the French guy leave, and does she drop him off at his hotel? I felt like that was kind of weird, that he, like, stops and she goes, and then as she's kind of floating on air, she's literally, the camera watches her, like, float onto air. Again, season one's questionable camera editing, cinematography. Yeah. I don't even know what that'd be categorized. That's terrible part of the show with her just, like, floating on cloud nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure, I saw some red flags. Divorced, French, and almost uncomfortably handsome. But I felt like I was floating on air. She ends up going on this date wearing what could only be just be described as a feather boa. Um, okay. I didn't, I didn't think they made those. And it was a light blue feather boa. She's got yep. the feather boa shoes. And she has this, like, fabulous day. They go back to the hotel. She sleeps with him. They have this, you know, night of passion. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Well, okay. So it's really funny going through season one because, yeah, I mostly have just repeated the other seasons. Like, like season two and the rest of them. Like, season one is just awkward. And I I would just like to point out that um, this might be a Carrie – no it's not a carry tracker but i would just like to point out that carrie has this like rule that she that claims that she has this rule where she doesn't she doesn't sleep with a stranger i wrote like, this down the first time she's met them i don't sleep with men i've only known a day i that's and i wrote yeah right come on wasn't I mean, like the episode prior that i mean and also like vince vaughn when she's out in la and she just like meets him at a club and like Ooh, they're in the hot tub. she breaks that rule yeah so carrie i'm not buying it um i mean and... i think it's an okay rule to have there's nothing sure. to talk about it but i think yeah that she... <laughs> i think uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't sleep with men. That yeah, that I I didn't. Right when she said that, I I rolled my eyes. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, right, too. Carrie. Um. Anyway, they wake up in the morning. He, she's like, no, I'll go, and he's like, stay. You know, gives her a, a smooch, and then she thinks he's like, I'll call you, and then when he leaves, she's like, I don't have his number, and he doesn't have mine. So she looks at the nightstand. There's an envelope, kind of expecting it to be maybe a letter or something. Like a love and it just, letter. And it just says, thanks for the beautiful day. And then $10, $100 bills, $1,000 kind of slides out. And she is so perplexed. Just like a wad of cash. Yeah. So, of course, she calls Miranda, calls Samantha. They come over. They're eating. Um... They come over to the hotel because he also said, treat yourself to yeah, like so that means room have service. Like $300 worth of room service for your friends. And they are having a discussion about what this means and should she take it. Of course, Miranda is on the side of don't take it. Like, it's demeaning. And then Samantha is very much like, use it. Like, you need to use your, your power here. And also, I think Samantha said, like, she used the phrase, like, using means and exploitation like or... yeah some some like economic term i believe that she one of the quotes that stood out to me was men give women receive its biological destiny yes. and then miranda is just like so appalled by that and she's like are you <laughs> kidding me that's the argument men have been using for whatever which i loved as a miranda because yeah like that is what like took it to like made it like 2020 and like made it like 
Yes, Miranda. But you know what? Maybe that's why we like Miranda so much is because she kind of says the things that we would be saying now, whereas yeah. the other characters were really much in 1997, 1998. I think Miranda was in 2020. She was already in predicting the Me Too movement. Like, even with, like, some of the, like, you know – when not not to jump ahead in the episode here but like even when charlotte says something about what she's going to do with the painter you know yeah yeah miranda's like you you call me and we'll sue his ass yeah 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 yeah. um miranda was very much in the in this episode um as again the wise the wise friend the wise friend we were still not getting a lot of miranda plot other than her disdain for skipper (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's the deal i do not have a Samantha Zinger I don't this either. episode, but I do. I mean, I think maybe the Zinger was the thing that she just said, which is like biologically men yeah. give and women receive. Like, not like a funny Zinger, but um, I do have a Miranda cynical Zinger. It feels good to be sarcastic. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So um, Miranda's at Carrie's house, and I can't re- remember the reason why, but she's just there. They're playing out. poker, girls' night. Oh, girls' night poker. Yeah. And um, to start the night, and uh, Skipper is supposed to come by and pick up <laughs> Miranda after to go on a date or, like, do whatever they do. <laughs> yep. He comes an and hour early. He <laughs> <laughs> He comes an hour early, and he's he's the younger guy for anyone who's just hopping in, and um, and so he answers the door, and you know as they're like, sorry, my brain just shut off. No, I, I know exactly. Car- where you're Carrie at. says something along the lines of like, oh, he's like a sweet little seal pup, <laughs> and Miranda goes, would you sometimes want a club? <laughs> I thought that was so good. That whole scene with Miranda and Skipper where he is so awkward. And, like, remember he, like, is kind of in in her way when she's trying to get the door. And she just, like, turns around and looks at her girlfriends. Um, That that plot line doesn't go anywhere else in the episode. It's very isolated to that apartment. And then when Skipper goes over to Carrie's apartment before she's getting ready for her date with the Parisian architect – and he says to Carrie, you know, how obsessed he is with Miranda that yeah. she has. That's how they're kind of looping Miranda's power of female sex in yes. this episode by showing how obsessed Skipper is and how he's like, you know, when I have sex with her, I just, you know, I just don't shower afterwards. And I just want her, like, her smell on me all day. And it's such a great scene because he's, hold- Carrie, been holding his hand to be supportive. And she just, like, slowly drops the hand. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, it's so good. You got to rewatch it. Where he's like, I, I don't even shower afterwards. And Carrie just slowly like puts the hand down. I will say this. It's funny because Carrie, it, it, as a character, isn't super likable. But Sarah Jessica Parker is an amazing actress. She is. She is. She's a, And the reason why Carrie was such a great, in a lot of ways, a really well-developed great character is because of Sarah Jessica Parker. I think that this... I think this podcast has become less of the Mirandas and more about just like any opportunity to roast Carrie. (laughs) Which do you think Miranda, who do you think was the closest? Like, you know, within a friend group, everyone has like individual relationships. Is Carrie just the center that she's connected the closest to all of them? Because it seems like she has a separate friendship with all of them except Charlotte. 
No, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. Miranda and Carrie do seem like the closest. They do seem the closest. I do love Miranda and Samantha's dynamic yes. a lot because they, when they're together and they're talking and they're like making jokes and um, they just seem like really just like strong, confident yes. women. Yes. And they who, are. They're the most successful. independent. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we had to go back to the Parisian architect leaving the $1,000. So yeah. I'm going to hit you with this. You're on a date. You're in a beautiful hotel. You have a great night with a guy. He leaves. You don't have the number. You don't have his, whatever. He leaves $1,000. Do you – what do you do with that $1,000? What, what do you I, do if you're Carrie? I take – Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Pay is off the credit qu- card bill or – Is there any question about that? I felt that – I felt like a bad person that I was like, of course I take the money. No, 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 Sarah. I agree because, like – well, first, she kind of – before that even happened – she did kind of, which is where I have the carry tracker coming in, which is like. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Again, her kind of self-absorption, which is she kind of like implied that she like needed money. Yes. Because she was saying like, oh, I can't like hang out again because I have to like pay off some bills or whatever, which so, oh, wait, okay. Was this with the Parisian architect you're talking yes. about? Yes. I have the exact quote. Because this this scene, and this is um, the night that they meet their walk. He, she's like walking him back to his hotel or something. Yes. And she says, um, you know, oh, God, like I wish something with money. And then she goes, I have this little substance abuse problem. Looks down. <laughs> Expensive footwear. It's the <laughs> cheesiest fucking line ever. Because she basically leads it on like, I have a substance abuse problem. and so she kind of says to him like hey i'm I'm bad with money i spend it on shoes so maybe him leaving the thousand dollars was a i don't i don't know so in in any other context i feel like he would be fucking weird but like she i feel like there's this kind of unspoken thing because she's you know she knows who amelita's friends are and mm-hmm. he knows who, like, Amelita is. And, it, it, you know, yeah. maybe there was just this unspoken, like, ruler kind of decision that was going to be made that he was like, going to. Like, you had sex with me and we had a great date. I'm going. Here's $1,000. It, it definitely crosses the line into, like, sex work, but not. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, may, it, it probably was normal for Amelita's crowd. I um, would take it. Um, my question is, would you be offended? The, again, this is where I'm questioning myself as a human being. This whole episode is now brought, <laughs> brought forth deep, morally corrupt parts of myself. No, I wouldn't be offended because I'd want the $1,000. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm just thinking if like, <laughs> if Dave heard this, he, if like any like boyfriend of ours heard this, he'd be horrified. No, no, no. Because you know what? I was watching the episode yesterday. I was watching the episode yesterday, and, and Dakota was kind of watching. He was in the kitchen cooking, and um, he he asked me, what would you do? And I was like, take the money. Like, no, I, I straight up said, I was like, I would take the money. And he's like, yeah, I would take the money too. So, no, he and I were on the same page about it. But Yeah, no, but would you feel bad? We definitely would take the money. Would you feel, like, insulted? Okay. Uh... I think I would feel a little bit insulted. 
I think I I I don't know why I sometimes have a hard time imagining myself in these scenarios. Probably because it just seems so improbable to me that I would ever be in that position. <laughs> like I, it's not, not going to happen. Ah, uh, I God, I don't know. I think I would be a little bit insulted because, like, you know, I don't know. Okay, so as an American, like when you have like a European come and they like romance you and all that, it 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 feels fantastic. You know, it's like <laughs> so different from. American guys. And they leave a thousand dollars. And then leaving the thousand bucks is kind of like, damn. Like I mean, it'd be worse if in nowadays if someone Venmoed you. Yeah. <laughs> they send you five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I mean maybe the equivalent now is That would have been so awkward. Be like, did you mean to send this Venmo? Or if I just liked the Venmo, that was it. <laughs> just left it at that. <laughs> no comment. No comment with an emoji. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, you you okay? This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but that's fine. Um, about Venmo and now in dating. Oh my god! My little sister has the most amazing <laughs> story of going on this like really bad date with this guy. Um, I can't wait. And he, they this was a this was like God over the summer, and <laughs> I wish she was on to tell it because when she was telling it telling us, my dad was cracking up. They went to some dinner, and then when the waiter came over to, like, you know, give the bill, you know, you, at first date, you kind of do the reach down. Yeah. You kind of expect the guy to pay. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then he, she, I guess, just paid for it. But then they didn't talk for a couple days, and then he Venmoed her half the money without any context of Venmoing her. Like, kind of like, well, I know this is it now. You know what? I, I got to talk to Rachel and see what this story was. Wait, so have they not followed up on a date? No. Um, that is no, very... No, he, hmm. he was supposed to, like, kind of pay. It was kind of like, oh, you, you, you. And then she's like, okay, I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, you're playing chicken. And then I guess she's like, well, I guess my card is down. Well, they... So Rachel ends up paying for this first date, which she, like, the guy asked her out on. And then did he not text her saying like he ends up Venmoing? Hey, I'm gonna like just. I think I think he like Snapchatted her, and she like didn't open. There were I was like Rachel, this is so stressful to me because there's like five levels of social media. (laughs) Like this person's trying to reach you on. Like is he gonna ever fucking read you on Goodreads next? Like what? This is so awful. Like just tell this person. But so he ended up just Venmoing her, and I think that was that was. There's such a communication breakdown with like all these apps and social media. Like we're on Instagram. Like some of us on facebook and like you know i'm on flickr (laughs) (laughs) and then and just and then venmo you know because venmo for a lot of people it's kind of some people don't have theirs private so it's public and it's like that's also like a feed of people's life on there well i think they stopped showing how much money people give to each other on venmo they def was that ever that was an option yeah Okay, that is horrifying. Because I'd be like, damn, um, your utilities are high. <laughs> <laughs> but now they just show the, like, exchange. Yeah. Yeah, I made my Venmo private because I just, it was too much pressure to think of something funny. That is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It was too much. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm sick of. I don't need people to see, you know, me and Dakota Venmoing each other for like random shit, or my mom sending me like random money. Like, it's just not. It's 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 not okay. Yeah. Um. 
All right, we need to get to the second part of this episode because this is a huge part of the episode. Huge part of this Going lame up. episode. <laughs> huge part of this shitty one Manola blah, whatever. I actually won't tell you my full rating yet. <laughs> okay, so the, uh, the next part of this episode is with Charlotte. She really wants to get um, some art from this famous painter, Neville. Ne- Was it Neville? Neville, Bevel, Neville I think. Yeah. Neville. And she goes to his, uh, you know recluse farm in connecticut and she goes she's wearing this you know power red suit which i thought was so symbolic like the red woman power suit woman power suit coming in and she looks in the barn and it's just pictures of in georgia o'keefe style like vaginas and he is like this is the life force the cunt you know And, and he just says it so many times where you don't really hear that on tv a lot and then his sweet wife comes in with, you know, lemonade and cookies and was like, you know, oh, you should let him paint you. And so Charlotte then is at this kind of, you know, fork in the road. Do I let this random artist <laughs> Random. Paint? He's not random, though. Sorry. Do I let this prolific, beautiful man, man not beautiful, sorry, <laughs> man with a long ponytail, <laughs> do I spread my legs and let him take sketch me and then have my vagina hanging in a gallery? Oh, oh my, they're very powerful. Exactly, the most powerful force in the universe. The source of all life and pleasure and beauty. Would you let someone do that? Yeah. Oh man, I. it's so funny that I would go on. It's a- appropriated, it's not like a photo. Well. My thing is, I would sign up for a travel sugar baby <laughs> website, and yet I wouldn't do that. So there are both of us. Um, I was thinking about it. I, I feel like I, 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 I may, I may. Um, I thought that scene in the gallery at the end, this is towards the end of the episode, you know, when Carrie, um, you know, has kind of accepted the fact that she's going to, you know, take the money, whatever, and they're at this gallery. Things are kind of tying up nicely. And the girls are all trying to figure out which picture is of Charlotte. And they're being very kid-like, trying to figure out which one is which. Yet they all kind of look the same. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that was fun how they were kind of giggling and trying to look around. Um, and it, it, it's, I don't know, it made me, again, nostalgic. Here we go again. Where, I here know. we go, just going to art openings, like, on a weekday, <laughs> like, on a Thursday night. And, down yeah, down in Chelsea, yeah. getting some free vino and just hanging out. Um, yeah. The only reason I knew about those art galleries was because of you. I, I don't think I would have ever gone to one if it hadn't been for you. Free one. <laughs> free one. Um, so, you know what I'm realizing now? Because this episode kind of sucked we forgot another important plot line which involves the hostess of balsam uh you just read my <laughs> damn mind so the start of this episode carrie you know says the most powerful woman in new york is basically the hostess of you know the hottest restaurant in town. here we go again i just... believe i believe that <laughs> another job that's been taken through automation <laughs> seamless basically open table and yelp and whatever we, we no longer need hostesses but so this hostess the restaurant boss i I'm, I'm just gonna keep calling it Balsack. Balsack is is a hot happening restaurant and Carrie and Samantha continue to not be able to get a seat. Carrie's able to go that one time, obviously when Amelita invites her and she meets the Parisian 
And the next time, Carrie really wants to go. Samantha's trying to get in. Samantha's like, you know, if you were a man, I would have been in there because I could use my sexuality. But pretty much the hostess is turning her down. And here we go with gender roles and power and sex, which they haven't really said much about, really, aside from just kind of throwing things around. Yeah, like basically I – Women should be able to use their sexuality and their the power of being a female to their advantage. But sometimes, in this case, it's like these two women in which it doesn't work. Yeah. But um, Carrie ends up going to the bathroom. The hostess is in the bathroom and asks Carrie for a tampon, which, as any woman has been, we've all been in that position of either being the asker or the giver of it. And it's a great bonding moment between women in a bathroom. I was going to say... The tampon is the equalizer. (laughs) (laughs) The tampon is the No, but it is. And it it really, it's interesting. So then Carrie goes, of course, and gives her the tampon. And then, you know, Carrie says, we never had a problem getting a table at Balsack again. And, you know, the the hostess leads them to the table. And and Carrie says, you know, I didn't tell Samantha about my newfound power. And I was like, you should have just told her. But excuse me. And then the most powerful woman in Manhattan asked me for a favor. Do you have a tampon? Oh, sure. Of course. Thanks a lot. What was the newfound power, though? Like, if her was that the the waitress? I mean, the hostess Carrie was kind to her, and you know, kind of gave her a very typical typical female gesture of kindness, which is here's a tampon. And now I'm going to do you a favor and sit you down. Right, right, right. So I think that it, I think that we should, since the show didn't really dive deep into Mm -hmm. the motif, aside from just fucking throwing it around all over the place. um, Yeah. I think we should like talk about it. Like, what do you, what do you think about? um, It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of examples of of this. Um, I know if I get dressed up mm-hmm. and I <laughs> wear a low – no, I'm being serious. If I have So you my... don't look bad like right now? Like, so, I look awful. So pretty much I'm not wearing a bun and a Biden sweatshirt and a sports bra. <laughs> you know, if I like put a low top on, have makeup on, nice hair, I can – present myself I feel as if I present myself to men and they're just nicer to me okay usually even if you just turn up your personality a little bit with men and like are really extra friendly and very like midwest friendly men typically respond very well to that yeah I have found that when I used to go get rental cars Mm -hmm. that if I looked really nice and was very like friendly with the men at the enterprise rental I would always get a nicer car wow I owe, or I would get some sort of oh deal. God, and I have found I this do that. with a lot of things with presenting yourself as a fe- – and I know this sounds kind of fucked up, right? Like using your looks or using your personality charm or in this in this sense it's Sex like – Sex appeal. You know, I, I'm not a fucking – I'm not a, you know, a, a model or anything. I'm, I'm like a pretty like average looking person. And so I think it shows you that like women can just use – their sexuality and not even in a grotesque way not in like an over you know like flirtatious way i think just by like being female you can sometimes 
Totally. I don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing with men. So it's, okay, yeah. So it's weird. So I totally agree with you. I, I feel like if I'm more dressed up and I have a smile, like things can sometimes happen a little bit easier. Like <laughs> sucks up the car lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a bad memory? Wait, I'm which just one? thinking of you in that car lot. Remember the car lot? You trying to get your car out. You're like, I'm trapped in your face. Just let me go. <laughs> I was trying to get out of, like, Basically. a garage in New York, like, one of those. You're like, if I take my glasses off, will that help? <laughs> like, a little she's all that moment. Um, that was just, these people were like, I had already paid, but these people said I didn't pay. And they're like, you want to get out? And I was like, yes. And they're like. They're like, pay us the money. Well, then pay up. And I literally was like, I already paid. <laughs> and, and then I just started like uh, honking my horn and sobbing because they wouldn't let me out of this garage. <laughs> that, there was, there was so, no female power there. No, that was just hysteria, but hey, that works too. Um, the power the power of the tears. Tears work, tears work. Oh, tears work. And do you know how many speeding tickets I've gotten out of because I've cried? And I don't even cry intentionally, and I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in like 10 years. Not, not since college. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't get out of that one. That one I had to go to a, a driving class. But I've gotten out of a lot of speeding tickets when I was younger because I was crying. And it could have just been the tears. It definitely wasn't because I was looking sexy or attractive. But I do think men respond to women differently. Yes. but I I feel like I'm just going to put it right there. No, totally. The thing that I get a little bit tripped up on when it comes to, like, just talking about, like, gender roles and, like, kind of more, like, traditional or conventional binary terms is that – you know, I've heard, like, older women, including my mom – sorry, I'm, like, just about to burp. Okay. Say that um, – Sexy. Sexy. Um, speaking of female power, <laughs> um, say that, like, well – and I think there is truth to, that, truth to this. They would say, like, well, like, you know, the reason why people would get married younger and, like, you know, quicker was because, you know, they just – societally like it, it was the norm to like wait till you were married or at least wait till you knew you were going to get married to this person or at least engaged um before having sex with them whether that was followed or not it doesn't really matter as much mm-hmm. as it still was like um a way for women to quote unquote hold the power and I can like yes. I've heard in yes. today's terms like oh and women today are just like xyz and like yeah yeah but that they but it's like guess what like I <clears throat> if we're gonna like talk about like rbg um mm-hmm. thinking about like n- like how she made it possible so women can sign a mortgage themselves mm-hmm. without like a male whether it was a father or a husband and how there were just so many things that we couldn't do, um, mm-hmm. you know, before. Like, real serious things. Like, buying a house you couldn't do um, without a man. Yeah. And how there was just tons of things like that. And how truly dependent women were on on men for their survival, in a way. Um, mm. and yeah. so I, I understand, you know, equipping yourself with, at that time with the only kind of, uh, weapon of choice that you have, which is like your sexuality or sex. And, yeah, and that is why I have so much trouble with 
this kind of show and just like traditional, you know, binary kind of ideas around sex and gender because mm -hmm. I just think that's a load of bullshit. We don't need to be living in a time like that now where, yeah. And so, th so then the argument from like more traditional people is like, so now like men don't want to settle down, like they don't have to because yada yada yada. And I'm like, great, like yeah. the divorce rate was higher for the like for people in the past, like it's actually lower now, and because less people are getting married. So like I rather think through my decision than just get married to someone, and I rather like feel a self a sense of accomplishment for myself and be in a partnership. So. Sorry, I'm kind of talking a lot, um, but that's okay. I'm listening to you, but I, I, I think this, 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 you're speaking to the kind of the complexity of female sexuality, mm -hmm. and that it's not just this one thing. It's very dynamic and complex, and in this episode, they explore it through a variety of lenses. Mm -hmm. And even though they don't explore it deeply, they do touch on it. And you know, in this, in, I think what they were trying to maybe get at at this episode, which either you maybe somehow we it's kind of mirrored in things we've done ourselves or maybe things we don't like about society is that can women use their bodies and their beauty to get ahead in some way mm -hmm. and we look at that now with like instagram culture yes. and like you see women online who are just using their bodies and their beauty for like monetizing themselves yes. and objectifying themselves but but through their own like power, I and guess. That, and I, think, I think I read somewhere that the um, most power powerful influencers, like outside of celebrities, are mostly female. Like those are the people course, who, are, yeah. who are doing, like, um, economically on that platform the best. Um, oh my God! Can you imagine what some of the what some women can make? And the fact is, and I, I think, and Samantha t t like talks about this episode where she's something like you know. Sex is power, power is money, therefore sex and money. She, she somehow connects sex, power, and money very loosely, but also <laughs> like, well, you're kind of right. Yeah. Um, you know, who who are we to, to say that someone shouldn't do that with their body if it makes them feel empowered? Did you read the Emily Ratajkowski? I did. I did. You did. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, can you, that's, that's, we can get, that's a whole other thing to get well, into. I read a lot of critiques of it. Can you it just, and I found for, the, it. for our many listeners, can you just name the name of the article? For, the, for all five of you. Um, so if you didn't, if you, it, it's, I it was, can't remember. It was in the I cut. I can't remember. It was in the cut or New York Mag, I think. In the cut. Um, that Emily Ratchkowski kind of profiles just, uh, instances of abuse that she has faced along with many women in the industry um, at the hands of men and basically her quest to own her own image that a man who kind of took advantage of her when she was younger but you know she goes upstate these pictures they're naked they're very intimate and he ends up selling this book and she is so desperate to like own the rights to these images but she is this Richard Prince um, the the artist yes. I actually love that piece that he did yes um, of of him um, of her basically screen capturing photos of just like all these people mostly women on Instagram like showing somewhat sexual photos I mean I just like to on, on a conceptual level that he I mean I know it sounds like easy mm -hmm. or like stupid but I, that he just took a screenshot of these profiles and then put them on giant digitally printed canvases in a gallery, but I think there's something so 
I, I really liked the the piece from more of an appropriation, um, you know, multimedia perspective of of reproduction and re- reproducing mm-hmm. imagery and, um, you know, low res imagery and how we are con- we are like in such like a meme and culture visual culture. So I really thought it was really cool from that end. Um, but I read the backstory of it. It's interesting though, and how he got the pictures and. Her being much younger, her drinking a lot, and her feeling obviously very uncomfortable. There's kind of questionable. It doesn't seem like there was any sexual assault. Maybe there was. I I, I couldn't fully tell from the article. Just inappropriate Um, behavior, I think, from like... Haley Nam, I don't know if you read her. She used to work at Man Repeller. She has a fantastic weekly newsletter called Maybe Baby. I read that because you sent it to me. She wrote an amazing critique of the Emrata piece. I did. Oh, I sent it to you. That's right. Um, just absolutely fantastic. And, and it talks about what we are talking about right now, but in a much more eloquent way about, you know, who whose place is it to say really what women can do, who is being taken advantage of. But and yet, you know, Emily Ratchkowski is someone who really asserts her sexuality and kind of uses that to her advantage. And yet in this case, she's saying, but you took advantage of me. And yet your whole success has been on you taking advantage of it. So in this episode of Sex and the City, I believe it's there's a great quote that connects to this. Um, I want to pull this up. It's, it's they say they're, this is when they're playing poker, and um, women can use their sexuality whenever possible, but men shouldn't take advantage of it. I think I don't know who I don't, said I feel that. Like Samantha probably said that. Maybe it was I can't remember if it was Samantha may have said that, and it was interesting. Is that women? Can women take advantage of their sexuality and not expect men to take advantage of it at the same time? I don't know. Um, I'm. I think that, like, in my opinion, like the like everything is so gray. I like to see things more gray than black and white. So, I would say so. I yeah. think that. Um, yes. Well, I remember the critique of that Pete, the the man repeller one. Something that like stood out was like well she's like signed up to be a model like this is what a a model's literally photographed or Mm -hmm. filmed and they're not speaking like that is you are the photo and and you're you are the photo a model is being photographed for mass production like for it to be reproduced and so it seemed like Emily Ratchkowski, there was a, she mentioned money quite a bit in that, in that yes, piece. And yes. how she was kind of broke at the time. Yeah. yeah. And she was really talking about like the money part of it. Like I deserve part of that money. So it, I think maybe it, that, that piece and then kind of tied into this, this episode, um, you know, she was more upset that someone got to take advantage of her and gain from it. Whereas she felt like she kind of lost from it or didn't gain anything from it and that made right. her frustrated i don't know i think that so okay one more thing about um just sexuality is i, I want to like see it on the other end like when i was watching this episode i was thinking about the um podcast dear john which is um which was later um adapted into a tv show um starring connie britton mm-hmm. and eric bana about how he actually was using his attractiveness and his sexuality and his his body mm-hmm. to con this woman yeah con this woman i mean he was exploiting himself to exploit exploit this woman 
um, yeah. and how he conned this woman. So I, I, it does go both ways. And I, for me, it's important to note that because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's still like a, uh, you know, a level of misogyny that exists across not just men, but like everyone still because, you know, we're growing and yeah. um, we're still in a world that needs some change with stuff like this and um i think that it's easy to um label someone a gold digger or uh or whatever the hell you want to label them um but i think i really do think it goes both ways um when did you as i think every woman has this moment where you realized that men saw you in a certain way just being a woman not to do with how great you looked, but just the fact that you're a woman that men saw you. I know And like when. noticed. When? Okay, so I remember I was walking home from school for the first time. I was 10 years old. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. And I remember this man was like staring at me. And it really freaked me out. And I didn't know why. And I thought like, I did not connect the dots at that second that he was catcalling or leering at me. Um, But that's what it was. Yeah. But at the time, I was, like, trying to understand, like, what – am I doing something weird? Like, and I'm also, like, really scared right now. Like, is is he reading Mm -hmm. my mind? Like, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't understand. Yeah. And I just wanted to get away. And – um. Then I remember thinking, wait a minute, like, but I'm so young, you know, I was only like 11 or 10 or maybe I was, yeah, I was like 11 or 10. I was like, wow, I'm too young. so young. You're like a baby. Yeah. So I think that was the first time I realized. You felt noticed that men looked at you and. Yeah. And it, it was, it was a rude awakening because I was, I was just like shocked, you know, like. Yeah. And I'm sure being I, in the city. Yeah. And that was a big separation, I realized. Okay, this is where how I'm separate from my, like, male or boy counterparts. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. I bet if you asked a lot of women, and I, I think you could phrase this question, like, when was the first time you felt kind of, like, in a predatory sense with men? But I think a lot of the times when women, the first kind of knowing that they, like, their kind of femaleness compared to a man, it's never really, like, a, at least in my case, it was never really a positive thing. Yes, and I wonder exactly. if a lot of women reclaim that power by as a way to like get back at that. Like some of the first instances where you felt powerless against men, using it against like when you're older, when you can. Um, totally. Like I, I remember when I was 13, 14, and it was so distinct because I had like just gotten my period for some reason. So like it's like a very interesting time of like really becoming quote unquote a woman. And I was at a swim meet and it was a boys swim meet and I was kind of working the meet because I was in the girls team. And an older coach, who's probably like 40-something, um, cornered me and you said, told me this, yeah. yeah, I remember, that, and it was, and he cornered me and saying, you know, how old are you? Well, you don't look that age. God, you're so beautiful for, for 14. And, and I remember being so paralyzed of yeah. fear because I had both the instinct of like run and then also like be polite. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, you have to be polite and, like, just say thank you and smile. And and, yeah. and this has, like, repeated itself in my life many times where men have made you feel uncomfortable. And 
you feel powerless. And then there's also been times where I've then used me as a woman to my own advantage. And it's totally. very interesting how that power dynamic. Well, I think it's kind of like life. I think like the way I like to at least think about it in my mind is like when I'm using it, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm thinking smart and I'm using it to my advantage. And like. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of pulling a fast one on you is kind of how I because you're gonna do it I'll to me get anyway. That so SUV yeah. upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I will get the GPS. <laughs> yeah, with gonna... my with my sexuality, it reminds me of someone from Thirty Rock. I will get insurance. I will get the easy pass. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do it. Yeah, it's like so stupid. That that's like the only now that I actually own a car, I don't have to. I don't have to deal with that. But um, you're like, I don't have to exploit myself. I don't have to exploit myself for for the sedan SUV upgrades. Um, you're like, yeah. I have monthly car payments now, so just like stop asking me to like wear a low cut shirt. <laughs> oh my lord okay well i think we need to wrap this up we um, do this um, episode i'm gonna say this now and this is my truth next week episode carrie and big get together i have said that for the last right. two i am so right because i actually confirmed and checked this um it's gonna be a great episode next week next week i believe is when sex and city truly truly starts when carrie and big get together maybe that's an unfair statement. I, I really do think the show yeah. gets the ball rolling when they start dating. So um, any any more comments about fashion? I mean, it seems like yes. Amelita was the, the one. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. I, okay, so two, two, two <laughs> things. Amelita stole the show. Yes. The second piece of fashion. And if you watch this episode, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to say two words. Little hats. The, the hostess of Ballsack. What were up with those hats? Was that was she forced to wear those, or was that a personal choice? Was that like flair? Like was that the restaurant? Did the restaurant make her wear that? That's I so... think it was just like avant garde. <laughs> well, it was avant gardely bad. I, I didn't get. I didn't like the hats at all. Um, I don't okay, like teeny and then, hats. No teeny hats. Any Carrie Trekker moments? Um, not that I know of. She didn't have any. But I wondered, she didn't have a lot of selfishness. We didn't have a Samantha Zinger this episode, other than some of her kind of like wise, you know, ish, problematic, pro- <laughs> philosophical, prob- philosophical yeah. pro- problematic philosophical thoughts. Um, we had some great Miranda um, power moments where she yeah. was very much in 2020, <laughs> but back in 1997, tra- yeah. know, time traveling. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to get into next week's. All right, so let's do the Manolo Blahnik rating, Sarah. I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Um, I'm going to give this a solid two and a half. That is stupid. What? <laughs> that is so generous. I know, but you know what, though? I'm saving my ones and 1.5s and 1.75, basically the entire scale below 2.5 for um, there's a season in which I don't really love. Okay, I'm giving this one a one. Whoa. Just, I would give it a half, which would mean it would just be one shoe. It'd be the and, But I think we have had a, you know, productive conversation about, you know, the motif that was just kind of... I know, I feel like I'm just going to, you know, say, bye Dakota, I'm going to make my little um, driveway. 
Sherpa Pina, just joking. No, I mean, I have a lot of soul searching to do after this episode and some of the things. Yes, I, I mean, I think there was some great discourse to yeah. be had um, with this episode, but I think just in general, like, it was just like, kind of, again, kind of plotless, like, well, what? What's Who going cares? on? Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Um, yeah. But I do think that, you know, if you do watch this episode and you want to dig a little deeper, try and think about times in which you have either felt taken advantage of or felt empowered by your female sexuality or sexuality, however. Whoever. Just don't think too hard, okay? Don't think too hard. <laughs>